Hello and welcome to this podcast where we put the spotlight on van thought leaders, dreamers and doers, if you will. Today, I'm in conversation with Mehul Patel from Ameris. Mehul, welcome. Thank you, Sashi. How are you doing today? Doing well. Thanks for being here. I want to give a quick pointer to Ameris. It's a publicly traded company, a science and technology leader in the research, development and production of sustainable ingredients for the clean health and beauty and flavors and fragrances markets. Ameris uses an impressive array of exclusive technologies, including state-of-the-art machine learning, robotics, and artificial intelligence. Mehul, Ameris sounds like an exciting place to work, manufacturing, beauty, and high-tech. It's a great combination. What do you do there? Uh, Thank you for those words, Sashi. Uh, uh, So what I do, uh, I was hired by Amherst uh, two and a half years ago to uh, lead up and manage uh, the cybersecurity, information security, and and the data privacy uh, areas of focus for the company itself. Shortly thereafter, after joining, I uh, realized that there was some gaps uh, within the core IT side and the software engineering side. Uh, So at this point, over the course of the two-year, two-and-a-half-year evolution, uh, I manage uh, both uh, the cybersecurity um, and the infrastructure and software engineering development for Amherst. That's a critical role for any company. And when you talk about it through the lens of a company focused on beauty products, how important do you think the network is in such a scenario? Do you consider it as a strategic asset? I definitely think uh, the network is uh, one of the handful of focus areas that is a strategic asset uh, along with our data and our staff. So let's turn the clock a bit. Uh, How did you get to become an Ariaka customer, Mehul? What was the decision criteria you guys adopted and how's it working out for you so far? Yeah, great question. Um, So when I I came on board uh, uh, in 2016, I was surprised uh, already to find Ariaka uh, in-house within Amherst. Uh, however, um, I saw a couple of issues there. Uh, we were not using the, the platform uh, to its fullest uh, capabilities. And second, upon my due diligence uh, and assessments, the, there wasn't really uh, an answer I was receiving on, on, on what the, the, uh, the, the justification or the, the reasoning of using SD-WAN and in specific Ariaka. Uh, so what I did is, over the course of a few months uh, in 2016, uh, I realized that uh, there was a tremendous need for network acceleration um, and efficiency uh, over our pipes. I saw the type of traffic we we're using, the data uh, that uh, was being delivered. Uh, so that made sense to me. Uh, however, I did see other efficiencies uh, that we could be using uh, or could be have gained uh, if we were using the platform to the full potential. And that's Shortly after is when I uh, proactively uh, gave um, our, our respective sales team a call in Ariaka and started engaging with them uh, what the, with the product that we have and what other features and solutions that Ariaka can offer. So it looks like you're a bit of a data intensive company and looks like it also um, matters that application performance is perhaps best in class. Is there a lot of data transfer involved between different sites, Mehul? Um, absolutely. Uh, Amaris in itself, as being a leader in synthetic biology, uh, we are uh, holistically a data-driven company. Uh, we have uh, 
a few petabytes of data in totality uh, spread between uh, multiple topologies. Uh, so while the majority of our data is sitting on-prem, uh, we, we are customers of all three uh, large uh, public uh, cloud providers, uh, GCP, AWS, and Azure, as well as uh, we do a lot of uh, data uh, uh, transformation and, and data exchange on, on SaaS platforms as well. So it looks like you have a multi-cloud deployment and a combination of on-premises and SaaS applications as well. What were some of the things you undertook uh, with the Arika platform to gain the efficiencies that you were looking for? Yeah, so, so the, first, the first thing we did is, uh, so besides, uh, uh, excuse me, I just want to add that besides the, uh, the, the public cloud uh, usage that, that we are in, um, uh, we also are geographically distributed uh, across three different continents. So uh, North America, South America, and Europe, soon to be Asia. Um, and so the mix and the combination of different permutations between uh, different topologies and geographies and different data sets uh, you can imagine the complexity of data transfer, data security, and performance uh, that we have to manage on a daily basis. And what we found is um, the, the performance gains uh, in efficiency in terms of acceleration and compression that we're getting from Ariaka, uh, uh, we, I believe in 2020, we were averaging around um, 40%, 35 to 40% compression rate on, on the directed traffic uh, already. And this is, uh, this basically, uh, you know, it's not only a cost reduction, uh, but uh, it it's definitely increases productivity, uh, speed to market, uh, time to market, et cetera. Um, and it, it really, really uh, is one of those very underrated things until you start looking at the metrics. Um, and that's what we've done for 2020. Um, and it definitely fulfills uh, the, the main drivers of, of using your platform. You mentioned some very interesting things there. Obviously, you having a multi-continent deployment scenario already compounds the complexity. Then you have to deal with the ability to get all of the data across different cloud environments, also in a very consistent way with applications that are performing well. So, um, was this the direction you took the engagement with the platform when you started to dig into this a bit deeper? Absolutely. I, I think the, the direction uh, was initially there to uh, justify the, the main driver of increased performance, definitely for the type of data sets that, that we have today, uh, which uh, mainly is Office 365 traffic, as well as specific uh, SAP traffic through our IPsec tunnels. And so what we've seen is a tremendous improvement uh, in, in the acceleration performance and you know, a, 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 the cherry on top, which uh, we did not realize until we needed it was uh, you know, in some, some, some areas and sometimes uh, uh, Ariaka afforded us uh, a disaster recovery uh, at times. Uh, so going through your circuits, through your pops, using your service, we, we were able to leverage a secondary path to our destination. That got you a lot of availability and redundancy, I guess. Um, you mentioned an interesting word, productivity. And I want to maybe double click on that, particularly in the context of the pandemic that we're all going through, where productivity took a bit of a hit. And uh, I'm curious to know, how is it that your team handled 
the shift in gears and uh, what were you doing to look at technology as being an agent of change to handle the impact of the pandemic? Yeah, absolutely. And I think the pandemic, uh, to your point, uh, you know, showed a few things, right? Uh, you know, to, to various organizations. Um, one, it showed uh, on one side, the weaknesses uh, respectively in our organizations uh, in terms of remote work, remote connectivity, and uh, what, what is the level of uh, availability in terms of, uh, you know, any, anytime there's a low, uh, low probability, high impact event, such as a pandemic. Uh, on the other side, though, uh, which you know many people are not talking about, uh, is uh, it also shows uh, the strengths of, of an organization, or if, if such exists. Uh, and in terms of uh, Amherst, uh, we were already uh, being a, a cutting edge uh, uh, leader in, in synthetic biology, and you know half of our business was built on the cloud, in the cloud, ground up, particularly our B two C side of the business. And as we did that, we rolled the whole organization into a very agile uh, topology in terms of remote work, remote connectivity. So right when the pandemic hit, and uh, you know, we, we happened to be uh, uh, headquartered in the Bay Area, California, uh, we went on lockdown pretty much uh, one of the first uh, regions in the country uh, with very severe lockdown. And uh, we realized that we were in a very good position, right? Uh, one, uh, we were ready for remote our whole office, 99% of our office, uh, in a matter of one week, had to work remotely. And uh, we did not have to scale up or expand out uh, much. Uh, we were already, we used uh, the, the same uh, designs and the same uh, uh, tools and platforms that we were using before. And basically what we scaled uh, was our licensing, if anything else. Um, on top of that, we relied on Ariaka. Uh, again, I'll go back to that availability, the, the additional availability for paths, for network uh, uh, tr transmission and the, the network path that we have to our destinations and resources. So I think the combination of the agility within the planning team within Amaris, uh, as well as uh, partners such as yourself, uh, Ariaka and the platforms that you guys use, gave Amaris and companies like Amaris the ability to not only provide the, the, the same services in, the, in these uh, you know, high impact events, but uh, give us the confidence uh, while, while others, other organizations were struggling to get either you know, their people on board or connected remotely. By the second month, by April, uh, mid-April, Amherst was already uh, on our second uh, uh, campaign for our hand sanitizer product, which we were able to go from idea to market within 12 days. That's a fantastic uh, narrative. And in some ways, you know, they say fortune favors the prepared. Look, looks like you guys were very well prepared. But most importantly, I think the companies that managed to pivot during the pandemic were the ones that were able to handle change gracefully. And uh, looks like Amaris was at the forefront of being able to make change happen gracefully. So, I completely agree, Sashi. And uh, uh, definitely uh, with, with uh, uh, Ariaka's help, uh, you know, one thing I can say is, uh, you know, even before the pandemic, uh, my experience uh, outside of the performance and the platform, ease of use uh, in itself, um, the support team, uh, I have to give uh, many accolades. Uh, I've been in this industry 
over 20 years. And, uh, you know, as a managed service, uh, it's, it's an expectation that the customers and clients have, right? And, and uh, in my opinion, Ariaka has fulfilled every definition of the, the word and the term managed service. Uh, I've noticed multiple times in the two and a half years uh, I've been at Amherst, uh, you know, when circuits go down, when our ISP goes down, not even uh, Ariaka's pop, but uh, just even our circuit, I noticed that the Ariaka support team many times is the first team to advise uh, and alert us, not even our ISP. And the, one of the few companies I've ever worked with uh, in my 20 years that have stayed with me through phone calls, through support calls while different vendors are pointing fingers. Uh, Ariaka support, you know, you know, lack of better words, they, they, they're, they're keeping it real. Uh, they, you know, when somebody tries to point the finger, they, they will produce uh, network evidence, right, uh, of uh, outputs of commands to show exactly what the gap is and where the issue is. And I was kind of blown away uh, early on when I joined Amherst to see this level of uh, support and effort uh, for our clients, e even though this, none of these issues that I'm talking about were caused by <laughs> Ariaka or, or even the, the circuits uh, that they sit on. Um, and so that, that to me, uh, outside, uh, in addition to the, the performance, ease of use, and, and the other benefits that we're getting from the platform. Uh, not many people talk about support, but uh, you know, I have to go on this, on this one, uh, that uh, it's one of the top companies I've, I've worked for in terms of support, I work with, sorry. That, that is a great compliment. And I know our support team wears it as a badge of honor to be there and not indulge in any finger pointing. We've heard this time and again. So thank you for reinforcing that Mehul. So uh, as we you know, kind of look at a lot of these things happening and particularly in the context of networks, you know, Murphy's law always strikes at some point or another. Um, and this pandemic was a big Murphy's law. Uh, we just caught everybody unaware. What were some of the learnings you got as a result of it in a way that it is causing you to look at things differently? Um, in, in the next few years? Are there new fresh perspectives you've gotten so far? Yeah, I think uh, one of the, you know, uh, one of the biggest things I've, I've taken away from, from, from 2020 and, and the events that, uh, you know, uh, that we all went through is we all concentrate on, on more of the technical pieces when these types of events occur, right? And we, we project plan, we design, we, we discuss, do, do the due diligence. But one thing that was brought up consistently through the, the last uh, 10 months or so was the qualitative factor uh, that, that we can't really measure, right? Uh, and that's culture. I noticed uh, one thing we noticed in Amherst, uh, we, you know, I can say that Amherst has a very, very positive culture. The scalability in terms of technical uh, terms corresponds and correlates with the culture, right? And what I mean by that is if the culture is resistant, if the culture is closed, non-transparent, the changes needed and required to make the organization more agile, uh, more dynamic, uh, it, it becomes very, very, very difficult. Even if you have the right platforms, the right tools, and even the right skill set and the knowledge base, right? Uh, I think it's, it's that impetus um, uh, that uh, people kind of underrate. Um, and I found that uh, because in Amherst that we have such a positive culture, culture for change. Um, and, you know, we look at change, not in a resistant fashion, but more of a, hey, this is, uh, 
uh, you know, change is going to be better, right? Change is, will make us more competitive. And I believe this is probably one of the most underrated uh, factors um, in, in such times. So I know everybody's concentrating on the, on the technical piece, right? Uh, but I, I believe that culture uh, definitely can make or break uh, success uh, or, you know, uh, or the objectives that we're trying to reach. I couldn't agree with you more on that one, Mehul. In fact, survey after survey we've done across multiple aspects of technology, especially during early stages of adoption, the one facet that is the hardest to break through is culture. And if the Amherst team has actually cracked the culture code, then kudos to your team on that. And as much as you complimented Aryaka and the support team here, I think this is where we all collectively tip the hat towards Amaris because that positive culture can be a very powerful change agent in itself. And speaking of change, um, you, you have an interesting role, which is at the nexus of uh, security network infrastructure, which in many companies may be somewhat siloed. And um, so how are you kind of viewing the convergence of these things coming about between the network, security, cloud applications. Um, what is the modus operandi that you foresee there? Yeah, great question. Um, so, you know, this, this is a very uh, discussed uh, topic here, right? Uh, where, where are the boundaries between uh, core IT or, or IT operations and, and, and security or, or, or InfoSec? You know, it's been in the past, it's been the practice where there is a silo, as you mentioned, uh, most many organizations. And, and there's good reasons for that. There's multiple reasons, uh, um, but there's also advantages, uh, you know, in certain conditions and certain types of organizations where both of these functions uh, uh, fall under the same umbrella. Um, and I believe that Amherst was uh, one of them. When I, when I joined uh, two, over two years ago, immediately I knew what my, my, uh, my primary uh, role and, and description was. Um, but shortly after I realized you know, me managing or myself, anybody managing uh, cybersecurity, it, it, you can't do it alone, right? Uh, you, it, it, cybersecurity affects um, not only the technology, uh, but it affects uh, the processes and the culture, once again, um, and it affects every department um, and every uh, action that they're doing. So what I realized is that the underlying processes, uh, there's a foundational layer of technology in every organization underneath that. And it is, it was, it is very advantageous for somebody in my position to bake in security, uh, not only plat security platforms, but security processes themselves, right? Uh, the, the, the processes themselves need to be uh, aimed in, in, a, uh, in an objective towards a more secured environment. And that's what we've been doing for the last two and a half years. Will there be a time uh, in Amherst where there be, uh, you know, disjoining of the two uh, for some of the other reasons why they should be? Uh, absolutely. Um, you know, we'll, we'll definitely make that decision when the time comes and we feel that it is the case. But right now, you know, as, as, as we've been discussing, although we've uh, made many strides, uh, we still have some ways to go. Um, and, uh, you know, we definitely want to keep continue working uh, with our partners, such as Ariaka, to, to help us pay that way. That's um, really good. And I think you're probably at the forefront of the thought processes along um, these lines compared to many others that we talked to today. Um, and 
just continuing along those lines, we spent some time looking in the rear view mirror in terms of all the things that transpired thus far. If you were to take this thought process and look ahead, say the next three to five years or even the next decade, there's just so much happening in the world of tech between you know, artificial intelligence, 5G, how network security, cloud are all evolving. What's your vision um, for the next five to 10 years? Where do you see all this heading towards? Yeah, that's, uh, now, now you're getting me excited, Sashi. So <laughs> um, next five to 10 years, I mean, uh, you know, I see it, you know, it's very difficult to, to kind of gauge uh, or even estimate, right? Uh, IT, the, the laws of accelerating power, right? Uh, uh, as, as, uh, uh, as we know, uh, move so fast and, and, you know, probably around 2010, it was very, you know, around that time, it became very difficult to even uh, estimate uh, technologically advanced uh, or technological advances uh, even five years out, right? And now we're at the point where I'm, I'm doing a three-year roadmap and my third year is, mostly guesses, right? It's inferences based on the product and, and, and technology development, where we're gonna be. Five to 10 years, basically, I'm hoping that, you know, we have a much more robust uh, uh, global wireless network. Hopefully uh, technologies such as uh, Starlink, uh, et cetera, uh, can uh, definitely make an impact. Uh, you know, we have many areas around the world uh, and industries, right? Uh, agriculture, uh, mining, uh, other industrial aspects uh, where there's edge devices and IoT devices in uh, very disparate and very isolated areas of the world. And I, I'm thinking, you know, the more connectivity that occurs, it can bring larger portions of the industrial world uh, into the digital world. So that's, that's one thing. And I think hopefully that's coupled with a lot more organization on the network side. And what I mean by that is, you know, where we today we've been working off very legacy models, right? Uh, you know, internal, external type of networks, uh, uh, DMZs, th these models still exist. Um, and what SD-WAN has done is kind of liberate these models, right? Uh, even though, you know, many companies and organizations still use these uh, type of legacy networking models, uh, SD-WAN can not only help with those, you know, help with those types of models, but also the future, right? Uh, for example, virtual flat networks, or, right? Where it's cloud agnostic or, or even private cloud agnostic. Um, and I think in terms of orchestration, operational uh, fluidity um, and architecture, these are the big things that we're gonna be looking for because th those legacy silos are disappearing, right? Uh, those colos with MPLS networks, uh, they'll always exist, but we know that the market share for those is, is going lower and lower every year. And as, as cloud platforms become more agile, more inclusive, uh, and definitely uh, ready to be developed on with open standards, uh, we are gonna probably be seeing a, a big revolution. Um, and that's, on, that's all on the performance side. Um, I think on the security side, it, it's also gonna be uh, somewhat revolutionary, right? Uh, because the more attack surface or surface area we have, the, the attack surface increases. And what we're seeing, for example, in the case of Amherst, as I mentioned, we have, a, we're you know, we exist in multiple geographies, multiple topologies, we have multiple types of data sets uh, and for multiple types of businesses, right? So where, where's the perimeter today? It, it, the legacy model of that perimeter doesn't exist. Uh, if you want to create a perimeter, it's, you know, it's very similar 
And the closest thing to that is, is, is the user, right? The zero trust model basically uh, formulates that every single person or identity is a perimeter. And I believe that is probably the best and the direction that we're gonna be, be moving towards. That's very well narrated. And I, I think we are moving towards this borderless world where everybody's an atomic unit of one and you do need the zero trust enforcement there. And a lot of what you talked about are embodied in what we call as a cloud-first approach from an Ariaka perspective. So I'm really glad to see there is some alignment in terms of your vision and how we like to project it ourselves moving forward. Um, so Mahil, um, I'm also personally excited about the fact that we see a lot of technologies that are advancing in the B2C are coming at in the B2B space, which has been somewhat slower moving and the boundaries between these are kind of blurring in a way which, which would accelerate innovation and, and change in some ways. So um, before we let you go, um, any words of wisdom you'd like to share with other companies that might want to engage and potentially become a customer of Ariaka? Absolutely. I, I, I would say, um, you know, any, any organization um, that is running, um, uh, you know, an older type of network, uh, you know, if you have a dedicated MPLS uh, network, or um, if you're looking for greater agility in, in your topology, as well as uh, in your security. SD-WAN, uh, and specifically Ariaka for, for the, uh, you know, previously mentioned reasons, would be uh, definitely a top contender uh, and a leader in, in, in the uh, industry. And I think that Ariaka itself, the company itself is uh, sharp in recognizing some of these needs in, that, in, in the area itself, right? So as, as, as SD-WAN is simply not just for uh, acceleration or performance, uh, even though that's what Amherst initially uh, intended its use uh, for, uh, what we're gonna be doing in, in 2021 and, and, and post uh, is now concentrating on the security features. Uh, so we want to couple our performance benefits that we're getting uh, through the services uh, that we're getting today with some of the security features uh, that Arika produces as well. In terms of, we have probably uh, six or seven different uh, sites that we do not own uh, in terms of uh, either, either purchase or lease. Uh, so we are basically sitting in somebody else's infrastructure uh, third-party campus, for example. Um, and so I think from a security perspective, uh, how do we secure our data, right? And these are, this is just one of the projects that we'll be working with Ariaka uh, in 2021 to make sure uh, that uh, geographically our data is secured and we can keep that data in, a, um, in an agile state, right? We can move it where we want to. We're definitely looking forward to working with your team. Rahul, thank you a lot uh, for those comments. Uh, at Ariaka, we are honored to have Amaris as a customer and somebody like yourself who's a thought leader uh, hand-holding this particular engagement. We look forward to associating with you in all of your 2021 and beyond initiatives, both on the SD-WAN as a service as well as the security constructs that you're talking about. And uh, with that, I would really like to thank you for your insights today and for committing to the time to share some of your thoughts with the rest of the audience. Thank you so much, Mehul. Thank you, Sajid. It's been a pleasure.